What it do, what it do, everybody. This is D.R. Bellard, and you are watching the Narrow Path Podcast Show. Broadcasting live, as always, from my bedoir. You see the throne in the back. <laughs> we keep it real around here. Um, yeah, I just want to thank you guys for tuning in for episode three. Um, I have a very, very, very special guest um, on the podcast today. A good friend of mine, a man of many, many talents, uh, Mr. Well, let me run down some of his talents. Actor extraordinaire, part-time chef, podcast host. Um, what, what else he got? <laughs> Fashionista. Um, a man of many talents, a good friend of mine, Mr. Aaron Devon King. Well, thank you. Thank you, my friend. I hope I can live up to all those, uh, you know, accolades there but man <laughs> man you can, you can i impressed myself you can and you have you can and you have it's good to have you on man how you doing i'm doing pretty good thank you for having me that's what's up uh before we get into um everything i want to take uh time to send out thoughts and prayers to uh, jacob blake and the family of jacob blake and um everything that they're going through right now in um in wisconsin um, we send our thoughts and our prayers to anyone and everyone who's been victims of police brutality. Um, we just, you know, we stand with you. Um, we, we, you know, we're just as frustrated and just as tired um, around the world of this happening, uh, black men and women being shot and, and, and murdered in the streets, uh, the sy uh, systemic racism, um, all these things that are constantly trying to keep African-Americans oppressed. Um, we just, um, we stand with you, Jacob Blake. We pray for your recovery and um, we'll dive more into this subject later on in the podcast. But right now, I want to talk to my man, Aaron. So, um, so Aaron. Yes, sir. When I, when, when I first, um, I just went on Aaron's podcast, um, Behind the Real, great podcast a couple of days ago. Um, that Aaron hosts with the lovely uh, Miss uh, Summerlin Hayes. And um, he had me scared for a second, you know? <laughs> he had me feeling like he's gonna have somebody jump out of the woods on me, on the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> me. <laughs> right? So I figured, you know, that was a good idea. So why not? actually surprised my man here with a special co-host somebody that he knows very well i thought that i should bring on the show and to co-host this special episode with me everyone i would like to introduce co-host of behind the real the lovely miss summerlin hayes oh, wow. <laughs> gotcha <laughs> well, surprise, surprise. <laughs> yes. Oh, yeah. He was like, on the morning show. Bring him out. But, um, oh, but, yeah. but yeah, she thought it was a good idea to pop in and to put you on a hot seat and to interview, as well, interview you as well. I was like, sure, why not? <laughs> like, let's, see how this, let's see how things go. Great to have you, Summerlin. How are you? Good, good. Uh, you know, it's hot, but I'm I'm here. It's hot. I'm here. I'm hot. I'm here. No. 
<laughs> we all here. This this sun ain't no joke. It ain't doing this thing. So um, so mm -hmm. Aaron, I like to start out with I ask all my guests, how's twenty twenty been treating you so far? It's been, you know, uh, it, it has its ups and downs. Uh, twenty twenty, uh, the first week was uh, really rough. I lost my mother, and that was tough for me. And it was very sudden. She wasn't sick. It just happened uh, over um, a four-day period. I was coming back from Louisiana, and I haven't even seen my mom uh, the earlier, you know, first week of the year. And uh, I, I gave her a call, and uh, she said she uh, wasn't feeling so well, but she wasn't sick. And the next day, she passed away, unfortunately. But um, you know, that was, you know, pretty sour uh, as far as the early part of the year, as far as that happening. But um, in afterwards, um, things got a little bit better. Um, I, I created a podcast. I have uh, the blessing of my daughter, Olivia. And uh, <laughs> thank you. Thank you. And um, it's just a lot of blessings that are raining down um, from heaven uh, that's been giving me a lot of uh, clarity and just um, increase. And um, this gave me the, um, the inspiration and uh, the uh, creative space in order for me to continue to do exactly um, everything that I am soaring to do. Um, and it's not even uh, the end of the year yet. And one thing that I am going to be doing sometime, hopefully, uh, before the end of the year is releasing another book. Because I, I do um, write poetry, and that, that's something that is a, a passion of mine. And uh, just, I want to get back, you know, a little bit, you know, deeper in that. Talk, talk to us. How, how did you get into poetry? What, 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 what um, stirred up your, your, your passion and your love for poetry? Well, um, when I was six years old, I happened to have a crush on a girl. And, you know, roses are red, <laughs> violets are blue. <laughs> so I decided to really just, um, you know, express my feelings through paper. And uh, I, I just happened to just fall in love with it. I, I um, didn't really take it seriously. I, I just happened to write for the fun of it. And um, when I was 19, I decided to go to a couple of poetry venues out in Carson, California, over in um, Hollywood. And I would perform. I would go by Aaron Devon. And a lot of people said, you're pretty good. You know, you're pretty good. And I, I really didn't take it serious too, too well. I mean, I went to uh, family members and friends, and they said the same thing. You're not bad, actually. You should probably write a book. So after um, a few years of really thinking about it, I decided to write a book called Sit from the Eyes of My Soul. And um, it is available right now on Amazon and Barnes and & Noble. And it came out about five years ago. So it's been a while since I wrote a poetry book. Nice, nice. I saw one of your clips. I was like, okay, okay, <laughs> okay, Rico Suave. <laughs> what is this one gonna be about? Well, that's gonna be a surprise. Uh, it's, you know, a lot of things just juggled in my mind right now, but I'm writing down rough drafts and it might be a, a dedication to my daughter. That's what I'm thinking about doing. Just how a father is, uh, or being a new father and just having that, that love, um, that new love that I have for now raising my, my baby girl. I might just dedicate the book to her. 
that's so sweet. Yeah. Wait, okay, so um, drawing from the other love in your heart from for your daughter, can you freestyle something for us right now? Freestyle? Um, I, I can't freestyle something right now. You put me on the spot. I wish I could. I'm, I'm sorry. I can't, you guys. I can't. That's going to be hey, man, later you're supposed, on. Hey, you're supposed to stay ready. If you stay ready, you ain't got to get ready. Get ready. Yeah. That's, I know, I know, I know. But it's okay. I want to keep in the tank. All right. All right. So um, so talk to us about being a father, man. Um, How has that changed your life? This is your first child. Um, talk <laughs> to us about your daughter and, 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 and you know, what's that, um, what she means to you. She means the world to me. Um, it's just the feeling, it's endless love. I um, feel like I'm going on my first date, having my first kiss, and it's every day. That's the feeling that I feel being around my daughter. And uh, she's someone that has really, uh, really encouraged me and motivated me to continue to do what I'm doing because I'm building a future, not just for myself, but for her. So there's uh, so many different things that's going to happen over the years. And I want nothing but the best for my daughter. And I want to make sure that I'm there always and uh, make sure that I guide her every step of the way. Well, I hope you know, uh, I read somewhere that you know jujitsu. I hope you, I hope you stay up on, on, on jujitsu <laughs> because you're going to need it. I, I, I promise you. <laughs> Oh yeah! Oh yeah! <laughs> so you can scare her first date. All of that. All of that. I, I, I can just tell it's gonna be something else, man. Man, listen, I worried my daughter's ten, and um, I still think about it. Like it's she still got some time, and I still think about it. I'm just like, I ain't ready. I'm not ready. I'm not ready. <laughs> but um, daughters change the world, man. She's gonna have you uh, have have you wrapped around a little pinky finger, so. Um, so on the Narrow Path podcast here, I created this podcast to talk to friends of mine who I feel like are extremely talented, who are underappreciated and unrecognized in the industry uh, for their talent. Um, so, you know, I want to highlight them and um, at the same time have a conversation and just act a fool, talk shit, whatever, you know, whatever. So um, tell everybody who's not familiar with you and you work, how long you've been in Hollywood some of your acting credits, um, some of the things you've done, theater and, and things like that. Just kind of run down a synopsis of, of, of what you've done and, and, and what's going on. Okay. Well, I started theater at the age of 14. Uh, my first acting coach and acting teacher was Byron Nora. Byron Nora, he was a guest on my podcast and he is a phenomenal director. He's someone that will teach you um, everything that you need to know in order for you to get into character, to um, discover more about not just yourself, but the character at hand. And also to go over Meisner, Adler, Staslowski. And he's someone that's going to just strengthen you as an artist and all around good guy. Um, so I, I, I've been gracious enough to learn a lot from him. And I also was trained by Mark E. Swinton. Mark E. Swinton is the producer and writer for Tyler Perry right now. And he's someone who has um, really helped me along the way also. 
He's the one who taught me that you always have to be on time, be prepared, be professional, be prepared, and always follow through in everything that you do. And sure enough, you know, going into um, my um, adulthood, that's very true in, in everything that you do. You have to be professional and always on time and keep your word. So um, that's always um, something that was always in the back of my mind in every single production. I, I've been in West Side Story, Ephraim Song, um, I Love You Never Knew, Summerlin, which was a few years ago. <laughs> and um, I've done a, a lot of theater, uh, a lot. There's, there's so many different plays I have been in that uh, I can't Mama, really name them all. Mama's Kitchen, it, boy. Mama's Kitchen? Mama's Kitchen, right. Theo Fitzgerald, Theo, but uh, yeah, yeah. So um, I, I can I can't really count on my fingers and toes how many theater productions I've been in. But as far as independent films, I have uh, starred um, as a um, a neighborhood kid in a um, independent film called Eating Lunch with Jeremiah that was directed by Shelton Mack and starring uh, Elijah Rock. And that was a, a film that made it to the Pan-African-American Film Festival about four years ago and also made it to the New York Film Festival. So um, I was uh, gracious enough to be a part of that film. And I was, uh, I was also um, in a couple of web series, which, which is um, pretty, um, well, not really popular right now as far as the, the episodes and the shows I was in, but... Uh, I was uh, directed by um, Mark E. Ridley, who was also uh, the director for the board that I was in that came out last year. Mm -hmm. So I've done a couple of independent films here and there, but uh, I'm constantly um, on my grind and trying to uh, increase um, communication and uh, just relationships with different directors, producers, and, you know, see what comes our way along the way. Nice. Miss special co-host. If you would like to go ahead and jump in there, please feel free. All right, Aaron. Uh huh. Aaron, yes. Tell us about what you have planned for the future. What are some of the things that you're working on right now that we can get excited about and see and support you in? Okay. Well, one thing that I'm working on right now, outside of the book, I am working on saving my money. <laughs> to be perfectly honest. Um, again, so sometime you, hopefully next summer. Say that again. You said that one time you were breaking up when you said that. Oh, um, outside of my book, sometime next summer, hopefully I'll have my first house. So oh. I'm, I'm working on that. Nice. nice. Making sure I have my, my chips stacked up and uh, have a house for me and uh, my wife and my baby girl. Nice. And um, just... Um, I don't have anything too far in advance planned otherwise, just whatever comes my way. I just consider it a blessing from God. Nice. As well, it should be. Okay, so. Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. What do you. Okay, so, Aaron. So. The question that we always like to ask is who would you like to work with in the future? There is a right answer for this question and a wrong answer. Better get it right. Oh, right answer and a wrong answer. Oh. Behind the reel. No. Behind the reel. <laughs> well, to tell you about that, it's a little joke we got going on. 
So, but who, but who would you, who, who, who is it in the industry that you respect and that you, you know, would love to work like a dream come true as far as an actor or a director? I would love to work with, as far as acting wise, uh, Jeffrey Wright. I definitely would love to work with Jeffrey Wright and also Shamar Moore, because a lot of people compared me to Shamar Moore and I wouldn't mind working with him. I could be his brother. I could be his son and, you know, make something happen. Dad. I see it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> What'd you say? His dad? <laughs> and, and also put Drake up in there. People compare me to Drake. So put him up in there, too. Okay. You know, so okay. we can work together and do something. I can see the Shamar. Well, I don't I know see, about yeah, Drake. You know, if you squint your eye, if you squint a little bit, you kind of you know, have that little side angle. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> But, um, as far as director, um, I would love to work with Spike Lee, uh, Martin Scorsese, um, Steven Spielberg, and um, I would love to work with Denzel because I, I know he's a phenomenal actor, but he's also a director himself. So I wouldn't mind working under a project that Denzel Washington is directing as well. Doesn't everybody? Right. What do you um? What do you What do you love more, theater or film? If I had to choose one, it would be theater. I love film. I, I want to branch out more into film, but theater definitely is my first love. If I had to choose one, it would be theater because there's no stopping when it comes to theater. Right. There's no cut. There's no, okay, uh, do that over again because when you're on the spot, you're on the spot. Right. And it's nothing like feeling the energy of the crowd and just getting the um, opportunity to have um, your um, fans come up to you and um, people that are in the crowd come up to you, meet you, talk to you about the character, about who you are, and just having that up and close and personal um, conversation. Right. Uh, I think I feel the same way because, like, I respect theater actors so much because, like you said, it's kind of like a one-take Jake type thing mm -hmm. and, uh, you know even though you get to rehearse for weeks or months at a time when the pressure's on you know can you perform and uh right. you know in film you get you get 10 15 25 takes sometimes or whatever and uh you know you know that you get certain opportunities to look a certain way not to discredit film actors or tv actors at all whatsoever but um for me um you know i just i, I put a lot of um respect towards um, people who can do theater and do it well, who start out in theater and then transition to film or, you know, or, or whatever. But, uh, but yeah, what you about you, really, um, Summer? You know what's really interesting, though, is when you get an actor who can, let's say, you know, you go and see them in a play and they perform, and then you maybe you like the play so much that you go back and you see it again and, you see something completely like maybe not completely different but a little bit different like it's almost like they're making a discovery right there like they're it, right. i just i love when actors do that because they're keeping it fresh and every time you see them you're going to see a new um performance it's not it's going to be a, a fresh performance not the the same thing over right. and over again they're always finding something new finding something new with the character and if you're a good actor you're always trying to find something new with the character and absolutely living the present moment of the character yeah and absolutely. getting that creative space 
Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Um, what motivates you to continue in your craft, Aaron? What motivates me is just um, knowing uh, that there's um, a slot open for me to uh, tell a story. Because as artists, that's, that's what we do the best. We tell a story of that character. And as a storyteller, that's something that I enjoy doing, just living in the moment of uh, someone else that you've created and just being honest and truthful, telling uh, this character's story because art relates to life. And just, um, it's also the psychology background in me also because I um, graduated from a psychology school and that's something that's always been a passion of mine is psychology, the study of the mind. And just going into acting, that gives me the open opportunity to really just dissect. And build. you're building everything from head to toe. So to actually just go into your headspace and to meditate, and it's almost like in your imagination, you're giving birth. Right. To, to something that's organic and new. And it's just always been interesting to me. Uh, um, it's, it's a science, and that's something that uh, I, I enjoy doing. What if you were asked to play a character that you are not, like you, you, you can't really relate to? How do, you, how do you approach that? If I can't relate to it personally because I haven't lived it in my real life, um, I would just, I would do some research. I would Google um, if the character, for instance, is uh, psychotic and he's someone who has a history of going to um, going through foster homes uh, as a kid. Um, what what can you do to steer yourself up to draw all this emotion? Um, there's certain things you can do as an artist. Um, you can go to schools, um, see if you can audit to actually see certain um, children or young adults that have been through different um, um, unfortunate uh, upbringings. Um, you can actually have um, free counseling classes that you can go into, like almost like an AA meeting to really discover um, someone's background and to see exactly um, how you can relate that to the character that you're portraying. Wait a, minute, wait a minute, what you going to do if you go into that AA meeting and they ask you to stand up and talk? <laughs> what you going to do? <laughs> well, well, you know what? You you know, we are actors. You can, you know, tell a story and say that, you know what, I'm a drunk and I have this and have that because that's all we're doing. We're, we're, we're storytellers and we are putting ourselves in certain situations to really explore ourselves in depth. And, you know, we, we, um, definitely um, have that tool for our advantage and you want you don't want to take advantage you know doing something you know off the cuff you know where you're gonna do something crazy but um, just to send yourself around certain worlds to give a, a good understanding of how you can portray anything is something that we definitely have in our arsenal and um, you know self-discovery you know through that going to a park you know, sitting down on a, a bench and actually looking at people, being a people watcher. You can actually see different characters that way as well. And just reading a book and going deeper to a story and finding different things 
that you can relate to, some things you can't relate to, and seeing if you can, you know, pull it off in your, you know, own spare time. So these are all things I've done over the years, and I wouldn't say I'm a, you know, big master, but I've kind of, you know, advanced at it. But uh, it's something that definitely can help you as an artist, for sure. Well, you know what can help me right now, Aaron? What's that? If you could find some light to turn on. That would help me. Maybe turn your face towards the light so we can... Can you turn your face towards the light? Wait a minute, wait a minute. I can add some more light. <laughs> How about now? There we go. All right, there's this. There's is that too much or is that good? Backlighting, and you're kind of standing in the backlight right now. You kind of got to turn your face to the light, be in the light, you know, like let it shine on you. Well, your I don't want to be too much in the light. I don't want to, you know, look like I'm a vampire or, you know, I'm an angel from down from heaven. Hey, take your time. Now, I told you we keep it real on this show. It, it, hey, we're going to do it until we get it right. I see. We don't, it I don't see. matter. We're going to. And, you know, we, we keep it behind the real. Ain't that right, Summer? That's right. Look, look, this is not the behind the real show, though. Respect. <laughs> show some respect. No. <laughs> so, that works. That's a lot better than, than what we were looking at, but. Cool. Looking um, a little blue. It's a little okay. blue. Yeah, a little, a little blue. bit blue. A little bit blue. Um, so I, I, I kind of want to backtrack a little bit. Uh, you mentioned something about having a degree in psychology. And mm -hmm. um, I know that you worked as a drug counselor for a while, too, um, on Skate right. Talk to us about that. Tell the audience about, about that Woo. and that experience. Woo. It was crazy, man. It was uh, a crazy experience. Um, just to backtrack, uh, I went to uh, West LA, I went to Santa Monica, and I was majoring in psychology. Originally, originally I was majoring in theater, but I said to myself, I'm already an actor, I don't need to major in theater. You know, choose an actual profession that you can probably, you know, fall, you know, bounce off of. So I chose psychology. So I took a lot of uh, case study, and I decided to take all of my units in college and transfer over to a psychology school. And I passed with my KDAC and my certificate and my degree in two years. And I became a, um, not a case manager, I became a 12-step um, a inter, um, kind of a 12-step interventionist a little bit, and somewhat of um, a, a drug counselor. It's a certain title, but it, it was, you know, slash drug counselor. So I um, first worked over at Skid Row, like you said, and I was there for about 10 months. Wow. And I was running 12-step. And I had a lot of uh, adults that were in their 60s and 70s. They um, were addicted to cocaine, um, meth, and different other um, heavy narcotics. And I actually had um, some some uh, young teenagers that were 16 also in the same group. So it was a mixture of everybody. So I would um, get there at six, six o'clock in the morning, I would pray. I would be in my car, I would pray before I go in the room because sure enough, when I go in, I'm gonna get cussed out. That's what happened. <laughs> but um, I really enjoyed helping, uh, you know, those that really wanted to help because 
a lot of them come from uh, broken families. Uh, their sister passed away. Uh, they um, never had uh, any real family, so they went from city to city. Um, I was a, 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 a an abuser. I I I, I can't trust anybody. So everybody have they they have all these different stories that they have, but. Um, the one clear direction that we always emphasize when we run uh, the 12 step is God. You know, he is the center of our universe. He's the one who's, who's in control. And pretty much in one of the steps, you're asking God, you know, not just only for forgiveness, but to carry you through. So what if they, so didn't, always, what if they didn't believe in God? If they didn't believe in God, then we would encourage them. We wouldn't force them. But we would encourage them to have a higher power because the Lord is real, you know, and we didn't push it too much on them, you know, but we we were there to help if they needed shelter, if they needed uh, a job, uh, a resume done. We were always there to assist. And um, we have uh, we had a lot of uh, people come in and out. But. uh, I was um, grateful to know that um, working as a uh, counselor, that I was able to help a lot of people. And the reward was uh, two years later, one of the uh, the young adults that he was 20 at the time, he was um, on cocaine at one time in his life when he was 14, I believe, at, at a young age. And then he got addicted to, to meth. So I would see this kid, his arms would get skinny, and you can't take meth for eight years or six years because you'll die. So this kid was 20 at the time, addicted to meth, and his body would just deteriorate. So I was his one-on-one, I was his counselor. So I would work, work with him, do assessments, and have private sessions. And you know what? He would listen to me. I would say, hey, you know what? If you ever need me, I'm here for you. This is what you should do. This is how you should get clean. I'll help you with your resume. And um, after I was let go 10 months later, unfortunately, from the program, um, which I'll get to in a minute, I happened to see that individual who I was, who I was helping with two years later. He was working at Rouse. And um, he actually was clean. He had a job. And um, I didn't say anything to him. We both looked at each other. We both gave a head nod. Right. And that, that was all that I needed, just to make my day, just right. to know that you're okay, that you listen, that you're doing good. That was God letting you know that he was okay. Amen. Yeah. Amen to that. Yeah. That's what's up. So, um, Summerlin, do you have do you have anything? Yeah, why'd you get let go? <laughs> I get get to the dark side. Right. Wow. <laughs> well, Spill it. unfortunately, a lot of the case managers that I was working with, they were jealous of me. I was I was too good. I was too good. Okay. And and, and that's unfortunate. I wish I can joke about that, kind of tell a joke, but that's unfortunate unfortunately the truth. They were they're really jealous of me. They're like, oh, who's this young guy right here? So wait, they were jealous that you were you were actually helping and influencing people to get on the right path? More than absolutely. And as bizarre as that sounds, that is the absolute truth. And I, I find it crazy to this day 
because I was doing everything that I can to help everyone. And I enjoyed what I, what I, um, what I did, but did the case me? manager one day had said to me, you know what, Aaron, we're going to let you go. And I'll never forget the one thing he told me. He said, you know what? You never been addicted to cocaine. I know you graduated. You have your certificate. You have your license and blah, 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 blah. But, you know, um, I don't think this is for you. And you should probably move on. And he was, you know, the head honcho over the whole entire center, over at the, the wine guard center. So, you know what? I, I said, you know what? I don't need you. But I did get hired over at Ventura to work over in a inpatient center. So I did that for six months. But, and, and then after that, I realized that it wasn't something that I wanted to do any further because it, it really got emotional. It got very, uh, very emotional because it was a lot. I, I enjoy helping people. I, I worked with kids with autism, special needs, uh, uh, juveniles, but to actually go into a center uh, an outpatient and an inpatient and just put on that role and that cap of the counselor. Um, I give, um, you know, people, you know, kudos, you know, it, it's definitely not easy. It's something that can be very draining at the end of the day and it can be rewarding, but there's a lot of people that uh, die from this. You don't know when they're going to stop because they're addicts and, and that's the uh, unfortunate truth. So, 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 was this before or during your pursuit of your acting career here in LA? Were you doing kind of doing both at the same time or was this kind of like, um, then you, you did this and then you transitioned into pursuing acting? Well, I, I kind of put acting on um, a halt for a minute just, just to pursue psychology for about a good uh, two years. And eventually I was gonna come back to it, eventually. But I just wanted to explore that realm. Uh, I didn't know I was going to get out in two years, but I, I just get, I got a good feel, and I found out that you know through everything that I've been through, um, it's you know good to actually you know help people that are are addicts that are that really need help. But um, ultimately, I I just couldn't do it anymore. It, it, it was something that was a a wear, a wear and tear, and it takes a lot of your time to really uh, just dissect. It's, it's almost like um, it, in a sense, it's almost like acting, um, but to a higher level. You, you have someone's life in your hands. You have to really dissect everything that they're going through currently right now. How was their childhood? Where were they yesterday? You really have to keep a tight leash on everybody. And then just have all these different assessments every single week. Mm-hmm. Right. Okay. Um. Aaron, not to jump away from that, but you've had some, actually some pretty interesting like careers. Like it's funny when you talk to someone who's in acting, you find out all the different things that they have done, they did before they actually really delved into acting. And you actually studied medicine at one time. I did, I did actually, I did. Um, matter of fact, uh, my late grandmother, she had, um, put me in, a, in, in USC at a young age. When I was uh, 12 years old, uh, she put, had put me in the USC MedCorp program to study medicine. And that was interesting. And I think that also probably piqued a curiosity to kind of lure me into psychology, just to know everyone's medication and uh, 
what, you know, they're taking in order to, you know, kind of make them, um, you know, balance them out kind of thing. So, um, yeah, and, and that's something that's um, been uh, All right. something. All right. You got to tell us now because you have a formula and we're going to, we need to talk about this. You need to share it with everyone. So okay. since we, we're going through this pandemic, <laughs> okay. <laughs> we talked about this before. You have a very specific regimen that you follow to make sure that your body is in tip top shape and your immune system is in the best shape that it can be. Please share with everyone what that regimen is. Sure, sure. So uh, what I do, I, I take elderberry, vitamin C, and vitamin D um, every day, along with D3. So a lot of cases uh, of people who were affected with the COVID, 80%, at least 80% didn't have any vitamin D in their system. So that's something that's very important. Shout out to very important. I'll take that too. Wait a minute, mm -hmm. I don't take that. And also zinc. Zinc is flipping. Uh-oh. Okay. Let me get my Write it down. After the show, we'll just we we'll, we'll text it to you. We got you. <laughs> we got you. We, we we up on game right now. So so we up on game. Right, right. Put it in your bag. Tell me. <laughs> But go ahead, Aaron, what were you saying? Zinc, elderberry, vitamin C, and vitamin D. That's all you need. There's other things that's out there also that's really good, but I would, you know, I would take that. And that would constantly, you know, build up your immune system. And it, it take at least four or five days out the week. Okay, right. I'll try it. Nice. Sure. And iron too. Iron. I got some good, nice, chewy, uh, delectable iron pills. They Wait taste, a minute. They taste like nice. Men didn't have a problem with iron. Huh? I thought that was just women. I thought only women really had like an iron deficiency kind of I don't have a problem with iron, but like from what I was reading, like, you know, if you get your iron up, like the coronavirus, like can't, you know, it can't mess with you as long as your iron is up. So I, I really? got to go back and do some reading, but yeah. Yeah, I've been taking some iron pills and uh, nice, nice. I had no symptoms. I'm good. So yeah, so that, okay. Yeah, That's, I'm gonna have to write all this stuff down because we, you know, we I, got you. We got you. We got you. I may take like one out of the of the all the ones that you <laughs> <laughs> a good a, a good multivitamin <laughs> to do you good. Okay, one good multivitamin <laughs> to do you good. So yeah, that's all you need. So Aaron, now, did you go? Oh, oh go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. I was gonna say. Now, did you go to to med school because Grandma told you to, or or because you were interested in it yourself? I, you know what? I wasn't really too much interested in it. She kind of forced me to do it. <laughs> she kind of forced me in there to you know study medicine. And I'm like, oh, I don't think I want to do this, but it was great. It was fun, you know, being a young kid over at USC, having the opportunity to uh, be with these young kids studying medicine. Uh, it was cool. It was cool. I, I, don't, I don't have any regrets. Uh, so let's switch gears for a second. Um, talk to us about um, everything that your views on everything that's going on in the world with um, with um, 
police violence, police brutality, systemic racism, um, you know, the George Floyd murders, the Jacob Blakes. Um, what, what's your views on everything that's going on and how people are responding to everything that's going on? It's a hot mess. I mean, we're living in 2020 and racism is still around. It hasn't, hasn't gone anywhere. And we have um, innocent black men and women being slaughtered. For what? For white supremacy? Well, I, I'm just asking myself this question. When is the injustice going to cease? Because we are the true kings and queens of Nubia. And a lot of people know that, and some people don't know about that. You know, we are the entrepreneurs, the pioneers that are um, the ones responsible for a lot of things that are going on in this world to this day. Mm -hmm. When it comes to the light bulb, when it comes to um, the, um, the the peanuts, the it, this everything that we utilize, you know, today as essential was made by a black man or a black woman inventor. Gotta speak it. So it really hurts my heart that we have um, a father that is distraught because his son was shot seven times and now paralyzed over at Wisconsin. And we have George Floyd, this, for what purpose? A cop having his knee on, on the back of his neck while people are just watching. No one, no one has the, the sense to jump in to stop this, to interfere. You know, if, if we see something going on that's not right, I know we have cameras. I understand we have the ability to record. Have some record. That's fine. We need evidence. But someone, please jump in. If you see something not right, please jump in. So what do you feel no, like what do you feel like the solution is? You know, because everyone protests. We we protest, you know, um, they burn stuff up, they tear down certain communities um, out of frustration and anger and rage. But what do you think the long-term solution? Uh, is to racism, systemic racism? The long-term solution? That's a really good question. Really good question. I really do think that uh, the police officers, you know, I'm not saying, you know, everyone that's a police officer is bad, but you do have some cops that are unfortunate, you know, racists out there. Uh, I really do think they need a psych course and um, some more... Um, some more schooling when it comes to. Oh, I think we lost him. Oh no. Aaron, you there? Well, I'm sure he'll be back with us at any point in time. But since I have my lovely co-host here, Ms. Sumlin Hayes, let me let you let me let you pick up where Aaron left off. What are your thoughts? on um, everything that's going on and what is what are possible solutions in your opinion uh, to systemic racism and police brutality? Um, I do agree with what Aaron is saying. I think that there is this need to 
um, really put it like this. When, when you have two people that don't get along, they're divided. Mm-hmm. It's because they don't understand each other. And so I, I think, in my opinion, what needs to happen is there needs to be very extensive and deep conversation between the two parties so that um, we can get everything that's, because if you were to encounter a police officer and he sees you and, and you see him and, and, and you clash and there's tension there, do you ever stop to think about what is his side? What is it that he's thinking about? Why do you think that he is approaching you like that? And, and why, and what can you do he's right. to, yeah, you know, what can, and, and vice versa, you know, if, if a police officer sees you, they, they gotta, you, you kind of have to put yourself in that person's shoes. Um, you know, this whole thing about defunding the police, I don't, I don't necessarily think that that would work. I think that um, you definitely, oh, there he is. Is, did he, is he coming back? There he is. I'm back. All right. My apologies. My apologies. Are oh, you good? Summerlin was just giving her thoughts on the same question I asked you until you came back on. We knew, we knew you'd pop back up eventually. But, but go ahead and finish your thoughts, Summerlin, and then we'll, we'll jump back to Aaron. Oh, yeah. I, I don't know necessarily that defunding the police is the best option um, because we do need some sort of uh, in law enforcement in place, you know, to make sure that things don't get chaotic. But there does need to be a, um, some sort of learning put in place between the two parties so that uh, we can begin to understand each other and under and then figure out how can we work together to make sure to, that we're making this world a better place. I agree 100%. I, I feel like we should uh, all come together as a unit and we should uh, talk to the, to the ones that um, are unfortunately just um, ignorant when it comes to uh, what's right and what's wrong because just because uh you uh wear a badge or you have uh some kind of authority doesn't mean that you're um almighty that you are over me and i don't have any sense of the matter in anything that i do because i'm a human being just like you at the end of the day so 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 what do you say to some people that say that some police or most police are just bullies with badges and they're racist and there's no really talking to them or getting through to them because this is the culture, the, the racist culture that they grew up in. Um, you know, they're just, they're pretty much just KKK without the hoods. They're in uniform now. So how do you get through to a born and bred racist with authority? I don't have the answer. Um, I know a lot of people right now, of course, as you heard, are praying I wish I had the answer. I also don't have the answer to that. I, I really do think there should be a course for those that are that know that they have hatred in their heart, that know that, you know what, I grew up around a household where my family is uh, racist against Latinos or racist against Black people. And now I have someone that I'm working with or someone that I see that's uh, Black, and I feel like he's a game maker or he's some, a, a drug dealer. And that's not the case, you know? That's not the case. Mm. And we have to really understand, um, we, we have to um, help, help those that, that need it, if they're willing to accept the help. 
and understand they need help. Just give them that proper assistance that they need. I feel, hopefully, my, my whole thing is what I would want. Um, you know how every single city has a Chinatown. I would like every single city to have a Black Wall Street. Because Black Wall Street originally started in Tulsa, Oklahoma. And they tried to bring it back in New York. Central Park, they don't talk about this, but over in Central Park, they wanted to create the second coming of Black Wall Street. But they took that down. They destroyed that. Mm. But I feel like with all the protests that are going on, we all are coming together as a unit. And it's a possibility that Black Wall Street might come back. I could be wrong, but it might come back because a lot of young people today are creative, they're innovative, very bright, and I, you just got to give it up to this new era. You know, they don't tolerate anything. Yeah. They don't, it, it's a different era. And yeah, um, they're going to be awesome. Um, it, yeah, it is. Trust me. And then I'm getting ready to, 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 to show a video that speaks to what you just said. But um, definitely, um, we're not our grandparents, um, you know, protesters. So um, it's people out here that's willing to fight back and they're willing to, you know, um, they're willing to, to, to stand their ground. Um, I feel like, I personally feel like we need to hit them economically in the pocket. You know, I, I've been working with this group uh, for a while, the Blackout Coalition, um, started by Calvin Martyr, and um, where we black out these businesses. And you know, he's 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 gotten together 1.8 million people in a Facebook group, and they're doing some great things um, um, behind the scenes. Not just um, not just working out one specific day or um or one weekend they're doing some great things behind the scenes they're creating an app where um a community app where if if police you witness police pro, uh, brutality you can press the app and it automatically um reaches out to people that are connected in the app to you and lets them know exactly what's going on and they can show up and you know you have a support system there they can record they can stop whatever's happening from happening um they're doing a lot of things they're trying to they're trying to um start their own community um, like you were saying, the Black Wall Street, they're giving out business loans, small business loans to black businesses. Um, they're circulating, they're keeping the, the money within the uh, black businesses. They're letting the money circulate um, within our group versus going out of our group, um, going out of our communities. So they're doing a lot of great things um, over there. But, but I really feel like to get white America's attention, you got to start with the green. And once you, once they feel the economic pressure of um, not getting um, serviced from African-Americans because we make up one point, uh, $1.9 trillion um, a year or something crazy like that, uh, the black dollar does. And if we could just unite as one and come together in unity as one over a consistent period of time to show them that we're serious, then we can do some real damage. Um, so yeah, Absolutely. just my thoughts. Yeah. Well, you know, um, for some reason, I don't know why, but that just reminded me of um, the movie Black Panther and how for a long period of time, like even in the entertainment industry, um, you there was this uh, stigma that um, having a Black uh, actor lead would not bring in enough money. And, and what I like about Black Panther is that that dispelled that stigma altogether. Like it we show that we can bring in the money. We can, you know, bring in the masses. Absolutely. What do you guys feel about that? 
How do you feel about that? Aaron? I agree. I, I feel like if we all come together as a unit, there's nothing that can stop us. And that's exactly what uh, one of the things that Black Panther showed us, that we are strong when united. You know, we, we, we can't, um, we can take on anything. There, there's nothing stopping us. So I, I feel if we can stay consistent to that point, because I know a lot of things over the years where we protest and when we have different things going on, we kind of not forget, but we just go stay as strong. But if we were to stay strong and keep on pressing. Perseverance, yeah, yeah that's the key. Perseverance, because right. we can keep doing this. We could do this right now, but five years from now, if if we're not motivated, if we don't, you know, if something doesn't happen. Unfortunately, the um, someone had to die for this to, to spark all of these things, um, you know, into fruition. It, sh it shouldn't be like that. We should be motivated every single day you would to, make, so. to want to make change. Yeah, you would think so, but it's the slave mentality. It's the Willie Lynch mentality, um, the crabs in the barrel mentality. You get to a point where um, it's sad to say, but we don't trust each other. Like, you know, mm -hmm. certain ethnic groups, um, the Asians, um, the Mexicans, all these people, all these ethnic groups, they come together and, and, and they stay together within their community and they, they go on to do great things. People come from other countries over here and they pool their money together and they do great things because they, they trust each other and, and, they, and they're consistent and they support each other. But for whatever reason, us as African-Americans, we have a hard time doing that. And, um, you know, it holds us back and it holds us down. Um, but, you know, there's hope. There's hope. Like you said, we come together when we want to support, um, you know, projects such as Black Panther, you know, number one grossing uh, Marvel movie of all time, I believe. Um, yes. Yeah. Um, oh, what Endgame is now took yeah. that title. But yeah, the second, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was so culturally <laughs> relevant and so culturally impactful. That's why it's my favorite movie. Uh, but yeah, but yeah. But speaking of races, I want to switch. I want to lighten it up here a little bit. Well, actually, it's not going to lighten it up. It might, but it's funny to me. But um, I have this segment called Funniest Thing I've Seen All Week. So I want to get, Aaron, I want to get your take on this okay. uh, here real quick. Hold on one second. Let me share my screen. Mm -hmm. So this racist was talking out the corner of his mouth. You had it coming. Hold on, rewind.
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Somebody oh, read him a bedtime he had it story. There's that one hit a quitter. Knockout. <laughs> Uh, somebody read him a bedtime story. <laughs> right? Oh, wait. You know, if, you know, if, if Minute Black was real, if you really had that neutralizer, you know what I would do right there, Derek and Summer? What's that? I would put I would put Mike Tyson as one of those kids and have him say everything that he said so Mike Tyson could just knock him out. Right. <laughs> <laughs> listen, man. You're going to learn, man. You're going to stop talking reckless, man. Everybody, hey, listen, everybody ain't your grandparents. Everybody ain't playing that. Because, you know, grandparents, they march and wouldn't say nothing, get hit with hoses and dogs. And look, Mm-mm. he ain't the one. If Try Jesus, not me. Levels. Right. <laughs> and um, I just. don't have that tolerance anymore. People, they don't. They, they don't. No. They don't. Um, it's crazy. And it's funny. It's not even, it's, it's not just in America. It's overseas. Because that was. That was in London, in the UK. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I just thought it was thought it was funny, and um, just to put people on notice. <laughs> but I was really well, he had it coming, so you know, I I, you really know, know salute, salute to those brothers. And what I liked, you know? what I really liked, oh boy, that 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 gave him the business. Like he played it off mm-hmm. so smooth, like he didn't even look at him. Mm-hmm. He was like he was leaving, he didn't even look at him, and then he just, yep. Cock back again. Yep. Everything he had. So, mm-hmm. hey man. All right, so I gotta play devil's advocate here, though. Okay. All okay. Right. Can I can I do that for a sure. sec? Sure. Go ahead. Go ahead. As a Christian, mm-hmm. <laughs> there are times when we act in the flesh, and times when we gotta be in the spirit. I believe because I am a follower of Christ that that was not right with on either side. That is true. And, the Bible says turn the other cheek. That is true. Right. I, and I think I think it shows a stronger person if you're able to not let that stuff get to you and, and uh, follow Christ because he had stuff like that. Remember, he had stuff like that happening to him all the time. And and he, he stood there and took it. He took it. So, true. you know, you, you I don't know. I mean, there's a part of you that that's like, yeah, he, you know, he knocked him out. And then there's the other part of you that's like, you know what? Someday you got to answer for what you did. Well, that's why you asked. Is it really solving the problem? Is it really solving the problem? I don't know. It may not be solving the problem, but it feel good. Yeah. I, I, I mean, I listen, I get it. I'm, I'm I'm, I'm a Christian as well, but I just listen. I, some days I'm more like Jesus. Some days I'm more like Peter. And uh, <laughs> Jesus is the father, but Peter is the homie. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so um, I get it. And um, I and listen, I've even done it. I just last week, like I had this dude try to. I had this dude. I I recorded it. One of one of my. I'm helping the owner out as a, a you know temporary property manager, and one of the guys who's been squatting for a while he tried to call the cops on me saying that he'd never seen me before and i've been here i've been living here two years i've been living here longer than him almost a year and a half longer than him he tried to call the cops and say that there's this big black man in my living room that i've never seen before and he and and i'm scared he tried to get me shot and locked up Mm. Mm. over a lie now No. I'm sorry, guys. I'm sorry. I got somebody at my door. I'm so sorry. Can okay, I, fine. I? I'll be That's right. right. Okay, no problem. But, but yeah, he um he tried to get me locked up, 
And I could have handled that all sort of different ways. I still didn't handle it the best way. I told him about it, so. But I could have mm-hmm. handled that like all different type of, a different type of way, but I didn't. So like, I feel like, you know, it's baby steps. It's, it's, it's baby steps. I, I definitely admire the people who, um, who can handle it that way. Um, I'm still working towards that. I don't know about you. How would you have handled that, Aaron? You know what? Um, I probably would have punched him in the face. Honestly, I would. I probably would have done the same thing. You know, um, we're 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 all Christians, but there's only so much that we can take. Now, yeah, it does say turn the other cheek, and I was, I, you know, I would have still, you know, prayed for him. You know, I, I, afterwards, I probably would, you know, still pray for him. I wouldn't hold any grudge if I were to see him again. I'm going to punch him because he don't know. He might have changed. You know, you might you, you you might have knocked some sense into him, right? You know, right. but but violence is not the answer. It's not the answer. That's true. You know, low, he low definitely key. needs prayer. Low key, Summer is right. She's completely right. I'm glad she's not here though to to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> yes, she's right. Yes. <laughs> perspective, but hey, listen, hey man, some 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 days it is what it is. You know, I'm a work in progress, but. Uh, if he had put my hand, now see, it would have been different if he had actually put his hands on me, then I could probably justify it, but you know, it's hard out here, man. So listen, um, before we close out, I want to play this little game that I play with all my guests called Would You Rather? So, so, so the questions, five or six questions that I usually ask, uh, for the audience to get to know you from a, uh, a different perspective. So... We're going to get started here. So question number one, would you rather have one real get out of jail free card or a key that opens any door? Hmm. I would have a key that opens up any door. Why? Because there, there could be a key that can open up your freedom. You know, that's if you're in jail. You know, not what, you know, but does rules account as far as like everything that's going on in the world? Yeah. Oh, um, well, um, you know, that's, damn. Did I'll take that back then. Let me just rewind, rewind. <laughs> I'll go, you know, that one get out of jail free card. One get out of jail free card, huh? So you go do whatever you want and then um, you're free. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Question number two. Would you rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? Hmm. Covered in fur. Why? Hey, you know what? When it gets cold, you got something to bundle up with, you know? (laughs) Okay. 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 I feel that. Feel that. Warm and cuddly. Um... Question number three, would you rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Hmm. To speak. Why? To speak. Because I can talk with my eyes. <laughs> I can talk with my eyes. I can talk with, you know, my, my facial expressions. I, I, can, I can be very, very graphic without saying anything. Okay. So there's, there's, and also there's sign language. There's, there's other ways he can understand me. Okay. Okay. Makes sense. Makes sense. 
Question number four, would you rather have all traffic lights you approach be green or never have to stand in line ever again? Woo! You already know what I'm choosing. I don't want to stand in line ever again. Ever again, VIP <laughs> status all day long. Yeah, I mean, the DMV. I mean, that's over. Oh, yeah, I got 80 go some people sometimes. Week. I got to go to DMV this week. I'm dreading it. I've been putting it off for a week. Oh, man. Man. I feel you. But, yeah, yeah. you can go to the store. You can go anywhere. You know, get that plane ticket. No line. You can't beat it. Yep. Yep. I agree with you there. All right, last question. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn? Hmm. Repeat that one more time. Would you rather go back to age five with everything you know now or know now everything your future self will learn? Hmm. Wow. Um, I would say stay where I'm at right now and I would just, you know, know everything that my future self will, would know. Even though that would suck because you'll know everything that's going to happen to you, you know, the next day, a year later. But I, I would rather do that because I, I can't take away everything that I have right now. True, true. Okay, okay, cool. We're just playing a little game of Would You Rather. Okay. Welcome back, Summer. Everything cool? Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the, the, the um, responsibility of being an on-site manager. I, I get it. <laughs> Mm -hmm. I'll be glad when it's over for me. I'm just helping this guy out, but I'll be glad when it's over. Um, I get it. So, um, so yeah, we're just finishing up here uh, with some would you rather questions for the, for the audience to get to know uh, Aaron just a little bit better. Um, but okay. before we close out, let's just have a little fun and ask you the same questions real quick. Me? Question, question number one. Wait. Huh? Oh yeah, this is what we do. We on we off the cuff over here. This is what you gotta keep up. This is what we do. Real quick. Real it's quick. only fair, Summer. It's only fair. Yes, yeah, you want to surprise him. Aaron may not like that. He may not mind. Uh huh? He she, he said it's not he said this show is supposed to be about me, not Summer. This 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 show is all about Aaron. <laughs> this show is all about Aaron, but we keep it spontaneous. How about what, what I think Aaron would do? What I think Aaron would do? How about yeah. that? Matter of fact, that's even better. No. He just gave us. He, okay. just, he just gave us his answers. So answer what okay. you think Aaron would do. Okay. Would, would you rather have question number one? Would you have, rather have one real get out of jail card? Would Aaron rather have one real get out of jail card, or a key that opens any door? What did he say? Wouldn't it be a key? Would I would think a key, right? Would Aaron, did you say a key to open any door? Because you can open the jail door. <laughs> Tell him what you said. Yeah, Aaron. you can. Um, you know, I originally said that, but I went back and I said I would get a out of jail free card. Yeah, he said out of jail free yeah. card. Yeah, out of jail free card. Cause he said, cause he said, well, is everything going on? that's going on now. I was like, yeah. He's like, oh well, I'd just rather get out of jail. 
go commit my crime and get out of jail. <laughs> um, I'm just. Did you talking about committing a crime now? No, I'm just messing with. It. I just threw that in there. Shame. Uh, question. <laughs> would Aaron rather would Aaron rather be covered in fur or covered in scales? <laughs> <laughs> Aaron is such a, a sweetheart. So initially, I'm like, I feel like he would say fur, but I... ding, 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 ding. You got it right. He said fur. <laughs> he said warm and cuddly. Yeah, like he's not. <laughs> he he wouldn't. Yeah, he he would want especially because he has a baby. So he probably wants to, her to be comfortable when she's laying against him. Good answer. Yeah. Good answer. Would Aaron like a pimp be my Pippin days? <laughs> Question number three: Would Aaron rather lose the ability to read or lose the ability to speak? Lose the ability to read. Would you say, Aaron? Lose the ability to speak. Oh shoot! <laughs> Tell her why. You know, I, I can speak with my eyes. I can speak with uh, my hands. I don't. I don't need a voice. That's true. I, I can see that. Yeah. Okay. Two more questions. Would Aaron rather have all the traffic lights he approached be green, or never have to stand in line again? Wait. Say that one more time. You. I didn't hear you. Would Aaron rather have all the traffic lights he approached be green, or would he rather never stand in line again? <laughs> Aaron likes to drive. He he loves driving, so I'm gonna go with the green light. Aaron, never stay in light ever again. <laughs> <laughs> but I do love to drive. <laughs> I got you. All right. And last question: Would you rather? Would Aaron rather go back to age five with everything he knows now? or know now everything his future self will learn? Oh. I think I came in on the end of this conversation. Yeah. I think he was talking about the, the latter, the future. I didn't, I didn't use my, my spidey sense for this one, though. No. You can use it now. I'm, I want to say five, the five-year-old. Did I get it right? Go back to age five? Yes, you got it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so what did she do for two for I don't know you at all, do I? <laughs> two, out of, two out of five? <laughs> two out of six. One, two, three, four, five. Two out of five. Two out of five. That's okay. <laughs> That's okay. Well, guys, it has been fun. It has been fun getting to uh, know you just a little bit better, Mr. Aaron King. Um, I thank you for being on my show, Narrow Path Podcast Show. Uh, Ms. Thank Summer, you for having me. I thank you for co-hosting and Getting, giving Aaron this, this little surprise. We thought we'd give him a little joke to assist him, something he wasn't expecting. And uh, <laughs> we're going to definitely have to do this again. Definitely. Of course. Uh, yeah. Aaron, 
please tell people where they can find you, all your social media handles, um, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, whatever, where they can find you, where they can uh, find your work. Um, and yeah, just let people know where you're at. Sure. You can find me on Instagram at A Devon King. That's A D E V O N King. Also, you can go to my website, AaronDevonKing.com, to check out my podcast, my IMDb, and everything that I'm working on. You can find me on Facebook, and you can find me on uh, the Behind the Real podcast with my co host, Summerlin Haynes, on Anchor, Spotify, and any other podcasting platform. And also, um, just keep me in your prayer because we might go to iHeartRadio pretty soon. Nice. Woo, woo, woo. That's what's up. That's what's up. Um, once again, thank you. This has been a Narrow Path Podcast production. Please like, share, and subscribe if you enjoyed the conversation. And uh, we would definitely have to do this again uh, with Mr. Aaron King. And thank you once again, Miss Lovely Summerlin Hayes, for being my co-host for this episode. And we will see you guys later. Talk to you later. Thank you. Holla. Have a good one. Bye-bye.